River episode number 76, uh, our monthly get together where we make pretend that people care about our opinions. Uh, well, about... Hold on a second. Pretend. Yeah. <laughs> about the things that we care about. Okay, and, yeah, uh, yeah, we're, that's true. we're influences, bro. Yeah, we're, yeah. Um, yes. we're, yeah. we're like, we're like, we're like, uh, you know, the uh, oldest influences. Yeah. We're, mm. we're like Paris Hilton without the porno. <laughs> So uh, some of us don't have the porno. Some <laughs> of us have the porno. We have return, return uh John Scandato in the house from Break the Apocalypse podcast. What's up, man? What's up, people? Uh you might want to say John Draper. Oh, that's people right. No, no, my 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 uh, my what we call in the business, my shoot name. <laughs> yes, yes. Because, uh, <laughs> yeah. So uh, you- my work, my work name is John Draper. John Draper, exactly. So uh people know you a lot from wh- what wrestling soup is it? Well, I was on Wrestling Soup, and then I started uh, Break the Apocalypse last September, and um, that's what I've been doing ever since. I was on Wrestling Soup for a good while. Yes, I, we talked about it for about six hours on the episode that you were on, but uh, mm. lately, so now that I listen to it, you guys have great production value, and what is, you guys kind of tackle kind of like current events and a bunch of shit, right? So, like, just give us like a quick rundown just in case anyone missed those episodes as to like what break the apocalypse is. Yeah. So, uh, wrestling soup was a pr- obviously primarily a wrestling show, but wrestling soup also covered a lot of topics, but the, 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 uh, the massive audience that wrestling soup had, and there's a fairly significant audience for wrestling for sure. Um, you couldn't really deviate from it too much, you know, as much as we really wanted to. So I wanted to stop talking about wrestling as much as possible. And I wanted to um, do that like exclusively, like, you know, away from the show. So um, I, you know, hooked up with two people that I knew from wrestling from the podcasting world that I'd been, you know, friends with for a good while. And I, we basically said, we all want to do a show, but we don't want to talk about wrestling. So I was like, well, I would love to talk about what was going on in the world, you know, between music and entertainment. And, but uh, we do a lot of politics. Um, you know, it is really like a current event show. It's a comedy show routed in current events. And we also have a Patreon um, where we do the full unedited show 
which runs about now about three hours. When we started, it was only about an hour and a half. Now it's like three fucking hours. Oh, can you curse on here? I'm sorry. Yeah. How many, how many of those yeah. hours are you? Uh, about two and two and 57, 2.57. <laughs> and yeah. uh, so yeah, yeah. So we have the show comes out on, it's on every platform. Uh, it's a, the one that's a free version is about an hour and a half now, which is a good chunk. And then the Patreon version, which you can go to at the patreon.com backslash break the app is the unedited show. I mean that, you know, that goes on for like three hours usually. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I, I totally enjoy the show. I like what I like about your show. Um, I'm sure I told you before, it's just kind of like, it's like the old school way. Like you're just hanging out. You're not really uh, trying to like censor your, uh, your words or anything. It's just kind of like three friends just talking normal the way like three friends would, you know? And uh, yeah, like sometimes funny shit comes out and sometimes, you know, it's, it's like you said about politics or like the state of the world. So I'm a big fan of that. Um, so, you know, I, all support to break the apocalypse. Thank you for coming oh, to, thank you. To, to basically do this. And one more thing um, that I will bring up before, actually, you know what? I'll add it to my list. One of the things that I'll talk about is, is, is uh, music. And in particular, you were in a band called Synthetic 16 a long time ago. And when you were on the podcast, uh, I was like, man, it would be so cool if your catalog made it to the digital platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. At the moment, there's only two of the albums um, that are on Bandcamp, and the other one is on Spotify. And on that cover, <laughs> I'll always bring up the fact that you got Aaron Brown, aka Spider Babe, on your cover. Misty, Misty Monday, yeah, yeah, yeah. Monday. So, how does it feel to basically have the opportunity now to have people that don't know you as being in a band? Uh, you know, like how, yeah. how how has the response been? I love the records. It it's weird. Um, so I, I knew, like, had I had done this with you a year ago with the Wrestling Soup audience, would have been an, a big, bigger, much bigger impact, but it's making quite an impact. Uh, doing the show with you, Drew, like, because my, our listenership pulled over and started listening to your show. And then they were like, wow, how can I find, and I was getting people asking, where can I find these albums? I actually had a fan of the show last year bought on uh, the internet, bought about 15 copies of Your Water to bring to our Tampa show. We were doing an appearance in Tampa before COVID. Um, he bought like he, he bought like a bunch of them because he wanted me to sign them and give them out at, and at this theater we were doing in Tampa. But to have, it's funny, we did a Q&A on the Patreon last night and I never look at the questions before uh, the pay. I just, because I want to give honest answers. And I feel like if I know a long time in advance, I might give a generic, you know, shitty answer. And one of the answers was like about the about the the album that up until like a few months ago no one even knew existed uh, too far along, which we recorded in two thousand three, and no one's heard it. Like no one's ever fucking heard it. And he was like, "Yeah, I want to talk about. It. I think you're wrong." And I'm like, "Oh my god! Like I can't believe anyone even knows what that is. It's creepy, um, creepy, but in a good way. It's like creepy in like an awesome way. But it's like it's weird. I don't know. Um, I don't know how to react to it sometimes because." I like the presence I have uh, now, like with the podcast. And I also feel like people are kind of dragging me back into music. And I, I feel like I am, you know, inadvertently like falling into music now, you know what I mean? Like the same way I didn't know I was going to do podcasting. Now I didn't know I was going to do a synthetic year. Like I just, and now it looks like it's absolutely going to happen, possibly even in the fall, which you and I will talk about offline, but it's crazy, dude. I mean, it's it just it's is, a crazy, and it's an awesome thing though. Is, is your wife worried about groupies? Mm. 
No, absolutely not. <laughs> I think uh, I'm going to be 50 in like six weeks. And I think she's more worried about like, you know, just me falling asleep, like in the middle of dinner. And like, you know, <laughs> I, I, I'll tell you guys something really funny. I carried something heavy. Uh, we, we got a new vanity and, and uh, the guy installed it and he couldn't get it up, up the stairs. So I go, yeah, I can help you. He's like a good in shape young guy. And I got it up the stairs with him. And I, in my mind, I remember going, oh, that wasn't such a big deal. I had like um, sciatica from it, like so bad that I was almost crying. Like, you know what I mean? Just from carrying a vanity of three steps. Wow. What's the adrenaline like, more off? <laughs> yeah, at the time. Yeah, I was like, oh, this guy probably thinks I'm like some herb. Like I can't like, you know, some cardigan guy can't carry something. And then I was like, oh, let me help you. Like, you know? I, I'm part of I'm part of the Brooklyn Scandados. I could do this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's there's not a lot of physicality in that Brooklyn Scandado lineage. I can tell you that right now. Um, but I, I, um, it's exciting because I do want to, uh, I do want to do music. Like, you know, I, I really, really do. And to see the other people that I played with to have like conference calls with them about like getting the album on Apple and dealing with the label. I was like, wow, I really thought this was behind me. And I'm like, you know, it's the Godfather three. The only good thing in the yeah. Godfather three is that line. We all know it, you know, just when you thought you're out, they pull you back in. Well, that that's what um, happened to our, uh, you know, Brian who, for, you know, Brian, you don't have your video up, right? I, I don't know if that's on purpose. He went to go get a cardigan. That's yeah. why he went to go. He's but looking the, for a cardigan. The same, the same thing happened with him. He he was the drummer for Sky Came Falling, and and he didn't do anything for forever. And just you know, in the last year or so, like he he got a band together. So same thing. Only he's a drummer, so he's you know he's got to be in slightly better shape. Well, he has a lot more. He has a lot more utility. Like you yeah. know what I mean? Like he could he could he could he could probably do anything. Like I'm kind of limited because. I'm a 50 year old, you know, skinny bald guy, like yeah. with bad hearing and bad teeth and and bad yeah. eyesight. So it's Not just yet. like, what was it? What am I gonna do, a Mr. Magoo fucking band? I mean, it's, it's like, it, you know, it, could... as soon as the video comes up, you'll see how fucking hot he is. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. Let, if, you, if you're into that sort of thing. So let's 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 just talk about what we've been watching and what we've been listening to lately. Um, that way, you know, we just do a little round robin here. Um, I'll kick it off real quick. Oh, there he goes. There we go. There you go. Wow. I heard hotness, so I had to let, jump in. Let we were me... just talking about it. <laughs> yeah, we are. Um, so I'm going to talk about a movie that I watched on Netflix that I thought was really, really well done. It had uh, Anne Heche and Thomas Jane, and it's a movie called The Vanished. I know Parker saw it. Oh, that's a fucking great movie. I backed that movie fucking completely. How random was that movie? Like, that movie was just like, it's it's it almost felt like an M. Night type movie. Um, you know, I can't really get too far into it. It's just that this couple, they go camping and all of a sudden their daughter disappears. And then the, um, the 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 place where they're camping, like all these people start looking for the kid. Uh, and then the story goes from there and it just keeps it's like an onion that keeps on un, uh, like going. And you're by the end, you're like, wow, OK, this is really good. <laughs> so that's up. Sam, on Netflix. Who, Sam, who direct who directs that movie? I've heard of it. Who directs it? Uh, I anybody that we would know. I don't think so. I mean, I would have to look, but I but I don't think so. But it's up on Netflix and uh, it's definitely something that I felt worth mentioning. Uh, so I'll kick it over to Langan. Uh, well, it was St. Pat's last week, so I watched uh, Crock of Gold, the Shane McGowan documentary. Oh. Um, yeah, it, it's uh, you know, I knew I knew the Pogues music, I knew of Shane, I knew a little bit about him, but it was cool to get his whole entire background. And, and man, mm -hmm. what a what a story! I mean, it's sad what shape he's in, you know, but mm -hmm. uh, 
you couldn't have thought it was going to go any other way. I mean, if you follow his career or anything, I mean, the guy started <laughs> drinking and smoking when he was like six years old with his aunt. Like, but uh, I mean, what great music and and that the Irish flavor and the punk edge and they were what a unique band they were. And I think it's produced by Johnny Depp, who's in it a couple of times, making you know having an interview with him. But uh, if you're a fan of the Pogues, uh, it's must see. Okay, cool. Yeah, actually, to answer John's question, who directed The Vanished? Peter Facinelli, who I know is that name. Mike the Dexter. Actor? Yeah, Mike Dexter oh, from yeah. Can't Hardly Wait. So. Yeah, <laughs> holy shit. That's cool. so random, dude. Oh, my I God. Uh, he's he's in it, too. So, all right, so the Pogues doc. John, give me something that, that you watched or you've been listening to that you want to. Well, I just sat through um, the Snyder Cut actually okay. and I, uh, I i had to do it in stage i had to do it in two stages because i am i'm a geriatric so i had to do it in two stages and i had no expectations of it at all because i was one of these people that was making fun of people for being excited about it because i was like how do you know it's going to be good why does everybody give a shit who cares the movie sucked i saw the original and then i watched it and i ate every i ate my giant crow sandwich and i was so engaged in it there's just something about how his whatever his vision was that he couldn't pull off uh, for a litany of reasons for people don't know his stepdaughter had committed suicide and that's why he left the, the movie which is wow, wow. Un, unima- unimaginable I mean so Joss Whedon uh, you know who's known for creating Buffy and uh, in the, a lot in the comic world he did the Astonishing X-Men for people who know comics and also um, the Avengers the first two Avengers movies but he he took it over and uh, apparently there was a lot of acrimony there with the cast, especially um, some of the cast that were possibly female and uh, people of color, which is a much whole other story. And it's a completely failed movie. And then you watch this movie, which is four hours, legit four hours, by the way, guys, it's three hours and 56 minutes in Ooh. 10 chapters. Um, and it's brilliant. I mean, it is, I, I blown away. I had no, and I was not an apologist for that guy or, or Snyder or that that kind of movie at all. And then I was just, I was beside myself. Like I couldn't believe how good it was. And I feel like had that movie come to fruition could have been a very big game changer in how the DC properties are viewed by people in the movie world. Wow, you hear it here from the mouth of uh, one of the biggest nerds I know. Thank you right yeah. here. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Thank you for, for that. I've never seen it. I never saw the original, but I mean, well, it just came talking- out. It just came no, out. No, no, no. But I mean, the, the, the other one. So, yeah, uh, you need uh, to see the other one. No one will ever watch it again. No one will ever watch it again. So, and that's, oh, up, no that's, up, that's up on HBO Max, which is cool. I liked it. Yeah. You know, we're getting that. So, Parker, give me something. Okay. So, uh, zombies. So, I gave up on Walking Dead a while ago. I just like lost track of the show. And I think I'm like three seasons behind. So, at this point, I was just like, ah, fuck it. I'll just wait till the show fin- finishes and start from fucking season one. It's never finishing, by the way. <laughs> You're going to pass it on to your child one day. He's going to watch. <laughs> yeah. so I went searching for something and I found uh, Black Summer on Netflix. That's and, a good one. Uh, yeah. So I went into this, you know, as soon as I saw that it was running zombies, I was like, oh, God, this is going to be fucking horrible. But got through <laughs> it and uh, it was pretty fucking good. I mean, the only person that you really know actor or actress wise is Jamie King, that uh, the blonde that used to be a model. And, uh, it kind of like has a cross story between about 12 different characters and uh, it shows from the early stages. And uh, the whole basis of the first season was to get to the stadium, which is kind of like the safe point or the Coliseum. That's what they call it. And uh, they finally get there 
and uh, it's pretty graphic. I got to tell you, some of the uh, some of the effects on this thing definitely could go right up there with uh, Greg Nicotero, which which I was very happy about. And uh, the the episodes were half an hour, which is cool. So they flew by. I binged it pretty uh, pretty quickly. And uh, the second season is starting pretty soon. So that's pretty cool. So I, that, that's half the reason why I watch it, because I figured, why am I going to watch something just for one season when it's just going to end? So that's on Netflix also, Black Summer. Here we go. I'll, yeah, I remember it. I remember it. People dug it. So um, I got one from HBO Max, six episodes. Um, it's called The Head. You know, these uh, it's like, what, 10 people in, in Antarctica, uh part of this like science base and basically the i guess the the summer crew goes in to like relieve the winter crew and only to find that eight out of the ten of them have been murdered and now they're left with these (laughs) they're left with these two people that are telling opposing stories uh and from there like i described it as kind of like knives out meets like the thing uh, just the thing in the setting and knives out just because it's, it's, it's a murder mystery. And, uh, and these six episodes, you just peel this, this, uh, this onion back and, uh, it's fantastic. You saw it, John. Oh, it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. Good, right? Yeah. Um, blown away by it. I, uh, the performances, the style and the ending. I mean, I obviously will never talk about it here, but wow. I mean, fantastic. Just, a, and it is literally knives out meets the thing. Yeah. And, and six episodes works perfectly. It was, it wasn't too much. It wasn't too little. So it, they, they told that story in a, in a nice, and that's the beauty of something like this, you know, like you have a movie, it's almost like that, that Snyder cut. Like you said, it's like you, you can mm-hmm. tell, you could tell this long form story instead of like editing it down to like a two hour movie. So HBO doing the, the Southern Lords work, uh, Langan, give me something. Uh, this is this one is uh, I saw it on Netflix. It, it came out in 2018, actually. But it's called The Legend of Cocaine Island. Um, it's basically a story. It's a documentary uh, story about a bunch of average Joes in a southern town. And there's one crazy eccentric in the town that's always telling the story about he used to live down in the islands, one of the islands, and he found like a huge like kilos of cocaine that just washed up on shore, and he buried it in the island and but he knows where it still is so eventually these guys figure you know what if we went down there dug it up guys that would have no idea how to put it on the street what anything like you know total herbs <laughs> but they concoct this uh-oh we lost you uh wow it looks, it looks like somebody found the island yeah <laughs> i was just about to ask him if he had the uh, coordination for the island so i could write it down <laughs> Well, he's frozen. Really good. There he is. Oh, there you go. Yeah, so you froze a little bit, but that's fine. Uh, I, I um, did. Yeah, but you yeah, said it was the cocaine. It was the cocaine. It was cocaine. <laughs> where did I break up? Anyway, like they, I don't know where I where you lost me and stuff, but uh, they they go down to try to dig up this guy's cocaine, and uh, it it they have no idea how to put it on the street, how to do anything with it. It goes completely awry, as you can imagine. It's a it's a real funny. Uh, documentary with a lot of interesting characters it sounds like uh finders keepers like that documentary yes yeah legend of cocaine island cool yo that's any i i I love that anything anytime you they had me at cocaine (laughs) yeah you you had me at cocaine and documentary for sure welcome Uh, to cocaine island um all right john give me something i i i just fell into this show uh sort of accidentally because someone else recommended it to me and I got Peacock. 
Oh yeah. And uh, it's called it's uh, Yellowstone. Yes. It is brutal. It is like Dallas on uh, on Cocaine Island. <laughs> I mean, I I am underselling the brutality of this show. I am te- like. It's about a, a, a prominent ranch family in Montana. Kevin Costner is the top of the food chain. And apparently in Montana, I've never been to Montana. I know most of us probably haven't, but the, Montana is like the wealthiest, like Montana has more like wealth than like Los Angeles because it's where rich people go for the atmosphere, for the, for the sites or whatever. And um, it's a rancher family with a, it's a dynasty. And the daughter uh, who I know from the second season of True Detective, maybe the, the third season or the second season, she played Vince Vaughn's wife. I don't know her name. Second. I think her last name is Riley. Yeah, Riley. Her last name is Riley. She's a she's a English or an Irish actress. Riley maybe Reed. the most, maybe one of the most evilest characters <laughs> you've ever seen. Like I am so underselling this. Wes Bentley. Uh, he was a hot shot actor for a little bit there. Yeah, he was. There yeah. Son. American Beauty. American Beauty. Yeah, he's the bad yeah, kid. Yeah. yeah. This I when I tell you this is a brutal brutal show with uh, Danny Houston who is John Huston, the famous actor's son, but he's a character actor. He's a great yeah, he's voice. Great. He's phenomenal. Uh, plus the Native American, it's like a thing between the Native American people that live there and this ranch family and Danny Houston, who is like a New York developer trying to build the, help to build the casino in there. It's got murder, brutal, brutal violence, death, kidnapping. Um, Penetration? And drugs, meth. They had You Can't Bring Me Down by Suicidal on the second, second oh, season. Yes. Oh, uh, which and it's big, just big, honestly suicidal's big in Montana. Yeah, well, that song is just you can't you you have to that song's amazing. That's so amazing. I am so sucked in. I just watched two seasons of it, and I'm about to start the third season. But apparently, there's a huge cliffhanger that people are angry about, which so far I haven't hasn't ruined it. But I highly, as corny as it might sound, I'm underselling the hardcore ness of uh, Yellowstone. And yeah, Costner's we, great. We um, my girlfriend was like, oh, we got to watch this show, Tombstone. I was like, there's a show called Tombstone? She's like, yeah, somebody yeah. told me to watch it. And she's like, all right, it's about, you know, Kevin Costner's in it. I was like, I don't know if that's the name of the show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then, I always forget the name of the show, too, to be honest with you. Do you guys then, know who, who, um, who um, Hauser, Wings Hauser, the actor, his son? Yeah, Cole, sure. ha- Cole, Cole Hauser. Hauser. Yeah. I, I met Cole Hauser a bunch of years ago for like two minutes, but he was such a cool guy. His character on the show is the most endearing, tough, scary, brutal character this guy is like, you wonder why this guy hasn't done more when you watch it. I mean, it's a vehicle for Kevin Costner, clearly, but what a go- it's a beautiful show. I mean, just you know, to watch it. When we it's did, great. You guys should when, check out. When we did the Days and Confused episode, we, I, I think, Parker, you put it together that Wings yeah. Hauser was yeah, the father. I was like, holy shit, you just blew my fucking mind. And, he, and <laughs> they then look I, alike in the face. They do look alike. I just, I just, Wings Hauser is just somebody that I never thought would ever, I don't know. He's just such a random, like, Hollywood figure. And if anyone yeah. IMDBs him, you'll see why. But, uh, you know, Cole has done a lot of cool stuff. So, but, uh, yeah, he's great. I'm underselling it. Believe me. Just watch one episode. At the end of it, you'll be like, what the fuck is this? Like, this is insane. We got Peacock. So we're, we're, we're good. Uh, Parker, give me something. All right. So, TV, uh, I went to Hulu and, uh, I started Shits Creek. So, mm. I cannot talk I don't know, enough about this show. So it's pretty much, it's Eugene Levy, his son in real life and his daughter in real life star in this show. And uh, what it's about is it's about this millionaire family that loses everything. And uh, the only thing that they have left in their name is this, uh, this little town called Schitt's Creek. 
and they have to go live in this flea bag motel that nobody ever checks into. And uh, Catherine O'Hara, who I've loved since fucking Home Alone, you know, plays the wife and she's played, you know, Eugene Levy's wife and almost everything. So he said when they were casting this show, it was, you know, it was a no brainer. And you got Chris Elliott, you know, get a life fame, you know, as the mayor. And uh, I don't know, there's very few shows that just, just the way that the son, the son's mannerisms and his facial, the faces that he fucking makes, he doesn't even, he could, he could be on mute and I would still laugh watching his fucking son act. That is fucking hysterical, this show. How, how, how far be, before he takes the place of Jason Bateman in your spank bank? <laughs> I don't know. He, he definitely hasn't made it there yet. All right. Just make it. I mean, I, and, he's, and he's never going to beat The Rock. So too much eyebrows. The Rock. Never going right. to beat The Rock. So, all right, okay. in all fairness, you're giving him an un- impossible standard to live up to. I mean, yes. The Rock is just like, he's, yeah. The Rock Obama. Got it. Um, the Rock Obama. So, yeah, Shit's Creek, huge show. Everyone loves it. Um, I got one from Showtime, which just ended this month. Um, Your Honor. Holy shit. So mm. 10, 10 episodes, Brian Cranston. It's one of the, those stories that it's like, you know, one something that happens and you make that left turn instead of just going straight and everything that a chain of events that you're one thing that you should have done. <laughs> and like, it's just this unfortunate series of events. And uh, I think there's only one season. It wraps up nicely. Yeah, I can over. I cannot tell you like what what a show like very tense. First episode to the last episode. Your Honor is fucking fantastic. You finished it, John? Yeah, I uh, I I did the deep dive after. I don't know if you did the deep dive after, but I did the deep dive to find out more about the show. And it's apparently it's based on an Israeli show. Oh no, I didn't know. Yeah, very successful. It's literally taken from Israel. Yeah, shout out and, to, uh, to our Israeli fans. Yeah, uh, that character actor from uh, yes, well, I have a lot of Israelis. Uh, that character actor, um, I, whose name escapes me because I'm drinking, uh, from Boardwalk <laughs> Empire. Oh yeah, 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 uh, the, the the Baxter guy. He, yeah, he is phenomenal. That guy, but he is not believable as a mafia guy. Unfortunately, he's, he's not. Just, he is the yeah. one. The one guy that's like you see him and you're like, nah, mm. not this guy. Uh, Tom Hanks is. Yeah, Tom Hanks' son is in there, Chet. Uh, but it, it's a great show. Love it. R- really good stuff. So. Oh, that is Chet who plays the junkie friend? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Chet. see, I knew it was right away. Well, Chet, Chet's, on, Chet's on Brad. Shout out to my boy Chet Hayes. Uh, Langan, give me something good. Um, well, me and Sam were discussing earlier. We both probably have this one. Biggie, I got a story to tell on Netflix oh, documentary. Um, there's been a lot of Biggie documentaries made before. And there was one a couple of years ago that was made for TV. I, I, the name escapes me, but uh, hated it, it. Was, it was it was it was it was OK. But like we all know the, the, the reason this one is the best one by far is we all know the Tupac thing. We all know that whole shit. But this one really digs down into his coming up and his no, story no and sensationalism. It, Nothing. It's him and his mother, what it was really like for him, what it was really like for him when he decided to get out on the block and then turn it into hip hop. And they they just touch on the Tupac thing and the West Coast, East Coast thing. It's not really about that. And that's what I found so refreshing. And, uh, 
you know, from that standpoint, it was fantastic. Not to mention just anything hip hop related from that era just hits me right in the heart. I love that era and that era in New York and that old footage. It's just, it's a home run for me. Yeah. You, you see him basically, you know, you like his friends, like the people that knew him before he was yes. Biggie. The mom, like his mom is so, she like steals the show. She's so she's like, best. she's like such a genuinely awesome lady. And just her memories of her son, Christopher, um, just, just a really, really good documentary that that didn't even go near any of the other shit. It was just this dude. Cause we all know that shit already. Yeah. yeah you know? We've all seen the yeah. source. I mean, I think they, there were some couple of source awards clips, but I mean, we all know <laughs> that whole thing, man. We yeah. all know it already. Yeah. And it's all been, you know, half of it debunked anyway, but yeah. If you want a great biggie documentary and a great old hip hop documentary, this is, this when, is for you. When I was in jail, I was in jail. I remember in Riverhead, <laughs> And uh, the, the shout day- out to Riverhead, yeah. Shout out did to you Riverhead. Go, did you go outlet shopping? Where <laughs> did you go outlet shopping? Isn't that where the outlets are? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The no. day pass, he no, got. no, he no. went out to the outlets. So, I, yeah, <laughs> there was I was a lovely gap factory there. I was there, I was there. <laughs> he made the clothes, they sold it. Yeah, I was there, <laughs> I was there the day that he, he got shot. And let me tell wow. you. When when this was before, like, you know, when when a conspiracy theory was just dudes talking and you you had to you had to hear that tear. It's like, yo, let me tell you exactly what happened, man. It's like, yo, who you know, I know who did it. I know who did it. And this is fucked up. And like, yo, it was just the wildest <laughs> shit. And I'll, I'll never forget just sitting there. We were in this long ass tier and the TV was at the end of the tier. And the tier is like. I mean, like no one, like at the most, like maybe four people could watch because like it's just at the corner. And unless we're like, you know, 30 of us are lumped up in a corner to watch the it just wasn't happening. So we and it was on the other side of the bars. And uh, I just remember that happening. And I was like, holy shit, Biggie just got killed. I'm like, that's crazy. So, yeah, up on Netflix. Sounds good. I'm still mad, though. Why do you have to go to Cali so soon? Why? So dumb. So why do you have to do that? Probably would have been I read different. The book. It's so dumb. Life would have been so different. Dumb. Probably bad, bad advice. Probably, Ugh, yeah, because kills you, me. You just don't ever think something like that's going to happen. And, and Thanks, I don't, Puffy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I do blame Puffy. Shout out I to do. Puff. Um, <laughs> all right, John, give me something. Um, well, in the spirit of that, I Sam knows I because Sam and I think had a back and forth about this. I am one of these uh middle-aged people that doesn't know anything about Takashi 69 oh yeah, so yeah. I watched I, I watched the, the making of a supervillain on Showtime mm. and it's narrated by Giancarlo Esposito I I fucking love that guy so much he's so, so fantastic good. so fantastic and it's I I know so little about this world and so little about like that rap that generation of rap like you know and I and, and just to your point earlier, my brother Mike called me in my apartment in Bay Ridge on Saturday morning to tell me Biggie died. Because we people in Brooklyn, you know, Biggie was, didn't know the greatest rapper in the world was from Brooklyn. It was like, hey, this is amazing. Um, so I wanted, I was curious about the Takashi 69 documentary. Uh, it's a series, I think it's four parts. Three, called The Making of a, Three. Three parts? Actually. Yeah. Three parts, The Making of a Supervillain. I don't, I think a Rolling Stone writer actually is responsible for the whole thing. I don't know his name. He's in it. It's fascinating. fascinating. I mean, if you have, you can, ha- I am someone, I literally had, I didn't know a song. I think I maybe saw the Gummo video once, like by accident. I didn't know anything about this kid. 
zero. I got so sucked into this story. It is compelling. It is such uniquely a modern American ta- tragedy tale. Like I, you will never see this happen again. Like ever. you will never see this ever. This will net you can live to be a thousand and this will not happen a second time. I said the same and- shit yesterday, <laughs> but go ahead. Did you really? I did. I was talking to my, my buddy, Mark, and because I told him to watch it because he had the same feelings. He's like, I'm not he's like, I don't care. And I'm like, yo, it's not about caring about his music. Oh, no, it has nothing to do with it's, it. Yeah, it's no, no. about a point, a point in time that will never happen again. Never. It, it, can't, it can't happen again. Honest to God. I mean, and it's funny that you said that, too, because it's like that was my, my takeaway from this as someone who's like who's worked in entertainment and is like trying to make records and tour, blah, blah. It's like, this can never, this will never happen again. It's like, and I, I they, they will make a full length feature about this maybe in our lifetime. I mean, no one, and it's, it defies belief. It defies belief. He is. I'm writing like, it down right now. You sold me. Yo, he is like, oh, I'm not <laughs> kidding. He is like, he is like, he's like the hip hop version of Trump where it's like, yeah, this very pers- similar. Very this, similar. This person is just, he's static when he walks into a room. Like he's just. Like dogs bark because they hate him so much. And <laughs> yeah. and like the repellent is just so strong that other people are just fascinated. He's like it's amazing. Like this person, yeah. everything that he did to be famous, and 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 I did an old guy thing when this came out. I watched it in reverse. I was like, oh, this is the first episode. And then I realized by the second episode, when I got to the first one, I was like, how did I not know? That I like, who am I? My grandmother? Like, I'm like, yeah, that's something, on that. <laughs> yeah, that's something I would have done. That's yeah. something my wife does every day. Because you, you fucking told me, you're like, yeah, he doesn't even like hip hop. And then by the time I got to the first one, he's talking about Parkway Drive and not knowing who Biggie was, like these things. And yeah, I was like, didn't know who Biggie was. Yeah, he's talking about Parkway Drive and Bring Me the Horizon. And yeah. he's the biggest rapper in the world. Yeah, because he wanted to be us. Uh, totally recommend. I had that on my list yeah, too, so yeah, that's good. Watch it. Yeah. So, uh, Parker, give me something. Uh, the binge on Hulu. So this is uh, it's a comedy, and it was way funnier than I thought it was going to be. So the premise is drugs and alcohol are completely illegal during the time uh, that this movie takes place, and you get one day, much like The Purge. Oh, you know, wow. that's funny to, uh, to do drugs <laughs> and drink alcohol. Oh, so. That's good. It, yeah, so it follows uh, follows a group of uh, 18-year-old kids that uh, are going to go out and get drunk for the first time, and they're all excited, and what's it going to be like, and this and that, and Vince Vaughn actually plays the principal and is amazing. Like, I'm talking, like, shithead Vince Vaughn, like, swingers made, like, line after line, like, it's fucking hysterical. And, uh, you know, they, they get to this part where... Uh, you know, it's almost like they have to do this tournament to find out like who the uh, I think it was like the grand champion or something of the of the uh, of the binge. And, uh, you know, not not to ruin it, but Vince Vaughn is kind of like a legend, you know, from days past. I'll leave it at that. So very funny movie. Cool. Yeah, I, I love that premise. And I love Hulu. I think Hulu has a lot of I do too. Hulu is just fucking fantastic. Um, I'm going to mention something from Hulu that I just recently watched. That fucking blew me away. Uh, boss level. Boss mm. level is so fucked. Did you watch it, John? No, I heard about it. Everyone's talking about it. Oh, that. it's so good. So it's like uh, this dude. I, I don't know who Frank Grillo is, but I guess he's been on a lot of cool You don't? Stuff. Really? Oh, I, he's great. Yeah. So he. Um, Brooklyn. This, Brooklyn this, guy. Oh, yeah. Nice. 
Shout out oh, to yeah, Brooklyn. Sh- shout out to my Brooklyn Paisans. His name is Frank Grillo, Sam. Where do you think yeah. he's from? <laughs> know, that's right. Yeah. They make them <laughs> over there. They make them over there. Could be Staten Island. Could be Staten Island. <laughs> I jerk off. There's three Frank Grillos waiting for me when I wake up. Then. <laughs> so this movie is like Crank meets Palm Springs meets Happy Death Day. It's so it's so much fucking fun, man. It's it's just I can't just watch it. it it's unbelievable. Um, Naomi Watts is great in it. And um, uh, Will Sasso is one of the bad guys along with Mel Gibson. And uh, it's just, it's like watching a video game. It's so unbelievably good. I highly Hence recommend the title boss level. But uh, yeah, I guess. Oh yeah. Yeah. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yo, uh, shout out to Hulu again. Langan, give me something. We're just going to stay with movies and TV right now and then shift it. Or what? We, what's the, what, no, what's the you plan? can do whatever yeah. you want. It doesn't matter. Whatever I want. I'm just deleting. Right. I'm deleting as, as we're going. Okay. I, I, can I do a book? Yeah. Is that allowed on here? Yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> if you want to square just, up the joint. I'm going to use the bathroom while we talk about that. Yeah. Uh, exactly. <laughs> I'm going to bring a little class to this you fucking made, program you, right here. You made Parker shit. It's not really. Hey, Parker you know, we're is not, gone. Parker is gone. We're, we're not talking about Wuthering, Wuthering Heights or, you know, War and Peace here. This is uh, Colin Quinn's Overstated. Uh, it's basically a. Um, I think Colin Quinn is one of the greatest comic minds uh, in history. I, <laughs> Sorry, yeah, Brooklyn. Fan. Sorry, the guy. He he's a, he gets like, you know, he stutters and shit, and like some people break his balls for the way he talks and stuff. But really, his one person shows who I just watched, uh, Unconstitutional, which is an older one of his, um, that's on Tubi, which has a fantastic selection of old. Uh, stand-up specials i gotta say i've been going through it his red state blue state that's on netflix his history in new york they're some of the best one person shows ever and this um this book overstated basically is just a history of the united states it's very abbreviated and it's like a roast of each state he basically sets it up with a little bit of history and then a little bit of breaking balls like stuff like i never knew like vermont used to be its own country technically and then oh he God. makes it. He makes an, uh, uh, you know, an observation. He's like, yeah, they had their own currency. It had a guy with a beard on it and a neutral milk hotel shirt on. Oh. Like, you know, like a little <laughs> dig. And it, it's like a chapter <laughs> or two on each state and him breaking its bulls, you know. And New York gets a little bit extra, of course, because that's his that's his shit. But I mean, Colin Quinn is, is a comic genius, as far as I'm concerned, and 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 I'll get anything of his anytime. But the book's called Overstated, and it's great. All right, yeah, for for the uh, for the reading people in the crowd, shout out. Uh, Everybody just turned out. <laughs> John, give me something. Uh, can I shout out a podcast I've been listening to? Yeah, whatever. Yeah, of course. So I um, obviously I'm in the podcast world, but uh, one of the things I like to do is I like to listen to various podcasts like that have political leanings that either I don't necessarily follow yeah. or me agree too, with. me too, yep. And and I really do, and I think it's really important to do that because. I, I think that's the only way to kind of get something across. And I don't know that this would fall in that category, but the uh, very famous writer uh, from Rolling Stone, Matt Taibbi. Oh, I love who, him. Uh, yeah. He's fantastic. He's written some fantastic books. He wrote a book about the Eric Garner murder. He wrote a book about the swap derivatives that basically collapsed the economy. He literally learned how to trade swap derivatives in order to figure out why they, and as someone who worked on Wall Street <laughs> for 20 years, I respect him. Um, he has a podcast that just left Rolling Stone with a, uh, another writer there named Katie Halper, who I like a lot too, uh, called Useful Idiots. It's only been around for about a year, but it just got moved to Substack. 
and you don't have to pay to listen to it. You just have to subscribe and then they send you an alert and go, hey, we have a new episode. And it's a fa- I've been such a fan of this podcast and him for a long time. Um, and he takes a lot of shit on, uh, on social media platforms because he's one of these people who doesn't like take a side necessarily. And I, I think we need to do that. I think we need to listen to voices like that. So if uh, I'm not as familiar with Substack, are you familiar with Substack? No, but I, 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 I know the podcast, so. Yeah, blo- it, it's called uh, Useful Idiots. And uh, they just literally last week moved from the regular platforms to Substack, which is basically, it's almost like a Patreon for writers, but you don't necessarily have to pay for it. You just have to sign up for Substack. And I just got an alert for another show that they just did. And they get great guests. I mean, they get fantastic guests all across the board. Um, and, uh, I highly recommend Matt Taibbi, I think is one of the best voices out there for anything. You know what I mean? He's, he's such a fantastic writer. I'm a big fan of his work, especially what he did exposing things like, you know, what was happening really on wall street and the swap derivatives that led to the recession and the bailouts. I mean, and these are complex things. So to have somebody that doesn't, isn't from that world to explain it to you, he, he does the, does the work and it's a great show. I highly recommend it. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds great. Um, I like that guy a lot. He's, he's pretty good on uh, Bill Maher or on real time mm. as well. Uh, Parker, give me something. Okay. So HBO max, I watched uh, Judas and the black Messiah. This was fucking great. So I didn't really know much, obviously the backstory about the black Panthers, but what this is about is about uh, a guy who infiltrates them and uh, teams up with the FBI and J Edgar Hoover. And uh, pretty much, you know, as the, uh, as the, you know, cause keeps getting bigger and bigger and expanding. This guy keeps getting paid more, keeps feeding them more, you know, information about where they're going to be, you know, guns or, or whatever, whatever the case may be. Um, and it was, it was just really fucking great. I mean, I, like I said, I really didn't know much about the, uh, the basis of, you know, the Black Panthers, but uh, um, I was fucking blown away by this. That's all I could really say. Good. Um, there, there's a good companion piece that was also out on HBO, uh, a documentary that came out maybe like 15 years ago called Bastards of the Party. Um, okay. And it just basically, it's probably up on YouTube if you type it up, Bastards of the Party full movie. Uh, just uh, kind of like the leadership being decimated of the Black Party, uh, of, the, of, the, of the Black Panther. Black Panther. And how it really kind of ruined like um like it really fucked up those neighborhoods because you know those kids that were all under them and how a lot of those people turned into i guess it turned out into the bloods or something like basically just the whole beginning of that stuff and where it started and it was like COINTELPRO and how j edgar hoover was trying to take out the like just this fucking story that you're like wow everything it's a great story Everything just like makes sense, and you're like, God damn, like that's so the fucked two, up. Uh, the two actors from Get Out, you know, yeah. that were in this were fucking phenomenal, too. Yeah, great soundtrack, too. Um, so I'm gonna mention uh, another uh movie. Uh, this is definitely aside from Psycho Goreman, uh, this is my favorite <laughs> movie of the year so far. It's called Bloody Hell, and um. Uh, I watched it. I rented it on, uh, you know, on YouTube or something, whatever. But it's 95 minutes of like, it's just so good. It's the best movie I've seen so far this year. It's it, this guy. I, I can't even just watch the trailer. 
Like I'm telling you right now, like I'm not going to give, you know, best movie of the, of the year so far to just anything. Uh, bloody hell. Watch the trailer. Watch the fucking movie. It's absolutely amazing. That on Shutter? Where'd you watch? No, I, I rented yeah, what, what platform? I just rented oh, okay. it. I rented it on YouTube. Okay. Like it, I think it was like four or five bucks and it's just. Gotcha. Somebody described it as like the John Wick of horror. And I'm thinking like, yeah, like it, it's, it's just. Yo, watch it and come back to me and tell me that you didn't fucking love it. It's so fucking good. Uh, all right, cool. So moving on. Langan, give me something. All right. I'm going to piggyback on the podcast thing, and I'm going to shout out a really uh, – it's it's definitely – it's kind of stupid, but very funny and entertaining podcast by um, Joe DeRosa and Sal Volcano. I believe he's in Impractical Jokers. Uh, it's called Taste Buds. It's uh, basically these two comedians – and they take each episode is uh, they take two food products and they'll argue, you know, Wendy's versus McDonald's, PB&J versus grilled cheese, uh, Oreos versus Chips Ahoy, wings versus mozzarella sticks. But these guys are so funny the way they break it down. It's only 45 minute episodes. And it's uh, it kind of scr- I had like a crazy couple of weeks at work so like this was just perfect like mindless hilarity for me and like it's always some crappy food too you know what i mean like the and, <laughs> but these guys are hilarious one guy's from philly one guy's from staten island they break balls and uh and uh it it, it it's highly entertaining um it's called taste buds it's fantastic it's uh it, it's good i can't wait till frank grillo is a guest on that <laughs> john Give me some. I uh, I was late to the table with this. I don't know if you guys are as familiar with it. I don't know if Sam and I ever talked about this, but um, I had a whole bunch of people like um, maybe like around the winter time telling me that I had to uh, get Hulu so I could watch Letterkenny. Oh, and we nice. had Hulu. Yes. And, I, and we had Hulu, but my wife uses it to watch like my wife's a hospital RN and she watches any hospital. You're, you're the show. worst. You're the worst. What's you're the worst? Are you kidding me? That was our okay, favorite sorry, show. Sam, Sam's I'm drinking, on the like, payroll Sam, of that Sam, show. I'm drinking, I'm drinking extensive alcohol. No, me and John would we, always we talk about it. Yeah, I love you. Yeah, we love you're the worst. So I, I, I fell into, I watched Letterkenny and the beginning of it is rough because I didn't know what it was about. And it's literally like the, it's always sunny of Philadelphia of Canada. I mean, but in Canada lingo and in that hardcore Canada like, like once you get the, the, the references, the show is brilliant. I mean, it's a fucking brilliant comedy. It is absolutely brilliant. I shout am in love with the show. Shout out, shout out to all my hosers out there. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's just, you know, like once I realized that Hoover some Schneef means snort coke, I was on board. I was like, yes, okay, let's Hoover some Schneef. <laughs> off a donkey. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so it's like everyone in it is amazing. The girl, Katie, is probably one of the most low, understated, attractive women on television. And Very great hot. character. The, uh, the lead, everybody wants him to play Wolverine because he's Canadian and he's cock diesel. Uh, and he's fantastic. Jared Kesso, I think his name is. He's brilliant. It's a it is a fucking brilliant show. I mean, it's not for everybody. It's a very, very uh, R rated sort of comedy. But you have to get the lingo. You have to be familiar with how they're speaking to each other because it's exaggerated. It to me, it's basically it's the Canadian. It's always sunny. I think it's brilliant. I am so excited for it to come back. Um, I burned through it so quickly as an unemployed COVID uh, person. So I, I, I'm highly, highly recommend it, but you will have a rough time understanding the lingo in the beginning. 
All right. Uh, Letter Kenny, man. Yeah, a lot of people loved it. I saw your post. So uh, check that out on Hulu. Uh, Parker. Okay. Uh, Amazon. I watched Cutthroat City. And uh, this is about, it takes place after Hurricane Katrina with four friends and, uh, you know, just trying to pretty much put their life back together after, uh, after everything. And they accepted an offer to pull like a dangerous heist in the heart of, uh, in the heart of the city. And uh, this thing was, this thing was great, man. Uh, Terrence Howard is in it, who I've been a fan of. He plays this character, the saint, who just kind of like, it's kind of like the drug lord scumbag that kind of like runs the city. And uh, Wesley Snipes plays one of the kids' fathers, and he's just like this, kind of like this backwoods, like he doesn't trust anybody. He lives in like this little shack, and uh, they go to him real quick for like advice, and uh, I thought it was great, man. It was definitely, uh, definitely entertaining, and uh, it was cool, man. Cutthroat City. I dug it. Yo, yo. Um, speaking of Wesley Snipes, let's talk about something that I, maybe I didn't. I don't know if anyone else saw Coming to America too. I watched it. I didn't. Okay. Not yet. All right. So let let me ruin it for you, Langan. Um, I, <laughs> I okay. I, I can imagine what happened, so I don't think you can spoil it. Here's my take. Um, I accepted that Eddie Murphy is no longer the Eddie Murphy that I grew up with a long time ago. Like, I get it. He's just not going to make those jokes anymore. So I feel like this, like I I knew what I was getting into when I, when I started watching coming to America, I had no, I just figured like, whatever, it's just going to be like a dumb family movie. And with that bar, I was really surprised. I loved it. I, what I really liked about it the most is, um, just the characters like it was fun to kind of like wake these characters up it was fun to go into the barbershop it was fun to see everyone from the older movies um and that's how i went in i went in just liking it like that i mean like some of like like how you watch bill and ted's yeah you like you just watch it and it's like cool you know and a, a lot of people seem to like not like it you know maybe they were waiting for like a a a a raunchy sequel and I get it, but I feel like he made a movie for 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 the kids of the people that watch Coming to America in 1989, you know. And mm-hmm. I don't know for better or for worse. I, I I just I'll probably never watch it again. But I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought Tracy Morgan is great and everything. Um, and it was f- like within the first like 20 minutes, I was like, man, I'm like they got an all star ca- like Aretha Franklin. Like actually, no, it wasn't Aretha. It was a uh, Gladys. Gladys Knight. Like just everyone on the planet was in this movie. And uh, I don't know. That's my take on it. What did you guys? Yeah, think? we we we, um, we talked about it on the podcast. I loved it because I as someone who saw all these Eddie Murphy movies, it's like a 49 year old guy. Uh, I saw Raw at the Oceana Movie Theater. I saw Trading Places. Yep. I saw uh, 48 Hours. My dad took us when we were very little. Beverly Hills I'm a Scott. huge fan. Beverly Hills. I saw these all in theaters. So the Eddie Murphy to me is a very instrumental, monumental person that I would imitate at Catholic school doing Buckwheat in like 1983. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, I, I have such an effect. I don't know that I have, I really don't know that I have affection for another celebrity, maybe other than Bill Murray. Like, you know what I mean? I don't, and yes, Eddie is kind of whack in terms of his, Eddie's like what, seven and 22 in terms of the movies. I mean, like I was when Lost Records yeah. is, is total shit. But I'm also a Met fan. Average. Yeah, I'm also a Met fan. So like he, he appeals you're, to me. You're like, used to it. Yeah, I, mean, I gotta say, 
I got to say too, piggybacking on that, uh, if if anyone hasn't heard, uh, Eddie Murphy was on uh, WTF Mark Maron's podcast recently. No, Ooh, Mark Maron's one of the best long term interview long uh, long form interviewers. I think in the business today, it used to be Howard Stern. I think Mark Maron does the best job of really getting into somebody's head, and uh, it's it's oh yeah, it's oh, yeah, and then Eddie Murphy, and then and then what'd you do? Oh yeah, oh yeah, 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 oh, yeah. 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 I get yeah. that. I, I get that. that. Yeah, yeah, man. I heard, <laughs> I heard Norm Macdonald say that once. He's like, Mark Maron really gets it. Yeah, yeah I get oh, it. I get it. I love Norm. But uh, it, it's a great interview, though. Eddie Murphy <laughs> is funny doing impersonations. It's 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 great. You haven't heard Eddie like this in a while. And one wow. of the worst things that COVID has brought us is the is snuffing out Eddie Murphy's stand up comeback. So I'm still mm-hmm. waiting for that because there's nobody else I think that can pull off. 30 years of hiatus because that guy still there's something about him that's so yeah. goddamn funny at the drop that he can just turn on and i'm completely confident that when he hits the stage stand up again it's going to be funny again different i yeah. would it ain't like, gonna be raw i would it ain't like gonna be delirious <laughs> i i've been I, i've been doing about. that whole, i would like to talk to you <laughs> Here we are quoting that like all these years later. That's how dynamic that guy hit the scene. I have real, real affection for that man. Like, I'm not joking. He's always going to be interesting to me. Even I don't care how many Norberts, Dr. Doolittles, whatever. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for that comeback to the the stand up stage, you know, and I think it's going to be great. It ain't going to happen right away now. It got snuffed out. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, listen to the WTF uh, interview with him. It's fantastic. It was wow. a couple of weeks ago. I think it came up. All right. But, so uh, so I got a couple of things left. But you, so just I, I'm, we're going to be winding down. So, Lane, give me something. Yeah. I want to get into uh, – I guess I'm going to, like, shout out some music here because we haven't really touched yeah, on any music that, at all. Sure. Um, uh, want to shout out – I haven't listened to a lot of metal this year. It just – it's where my head is at. I don't really know if it's what's coming out. It's just where my head is at. But Enforcer, this band, uh, not Enforcer, I'm sorry. I got that. Enforced. Later. Enforced. There is an Enforcer, and I have that written down too, but Enforced. Uh, Kill Grid. They came out with an album last year um, uh, at the Walls, I believe, 2019. These guys are the heir apparent or hair apparent, if you're a Sopranos fan, of uh, Power Trip. These guys mm. are doing the thrash crossover Slayer thing like like better than anybody else. The If you're missing Power Trip right now, which, you know, I we am. Are. I, it's still a shame. Yeah. But these guys, I think, mark my words, Brian Lang and Five Star Lock of the Week right here. <laughs> these guys are going to take <laughs> They're going to take it up. They're going to take up the helm. They got it all. It's lockstep, solid thrash. It's you, it's fantastic. You're like Lon Kill Friend, Grid. friend at large. Nice. Oh, I remember Lon Friend. Is, is that Rip Magazine? Yeah. Friend? Ah, okay. I stole that thing, the five-star lock of the week from Artie Lang, too. I, yeah. gotta, I, gotta, I, gotta, uh, I love Artie Lang. Shout out to uh, Artie Lang. Yeah, I hope right. he's good. But listen to it. John, give me, give me something. I this is going to be a weird music reference because I fell into this late. So uh, Sam is a big fan of the movie The Gentleman. Yes. Uh, the Guy Ritchie movie, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. You're a fan. Oh, so that's on cable a lot. When I saw it in theaters, they had that remix of uh, the ODB song, the Shimmy Shimmy Y'all song, and I was like, oh, I wonder who that was. And then oh I my about god, it. 
Well, then, well, no, I wonder who did the remix. Okay. So then it, com it comes on cable a few months ago, like, and it's heavy in rotation cable now. Like it's on, like I have a, a Fios, it's on every day. Like I watch it every day, a little bit every day. So I wanted to know who did that. And it's, uh, I guess, a, a hip hop DJ from Brooklyn. Wow, Brooklyn is just unbelievable. Uh, called El Michelle's Affair. And I assumed it was a European person because it's a Guy Ritchie movie and it seems, and uh, apparently this particular DJ producer did multiple albums remixing Wu-Tang Clang songs with orchestras. And uh, that's off a remix that came out, I think in 2007 or 11, maybe 11, called Return to the 36 Chambers. And it's not something like I, I listen to it like driving all the time now. I just put it on and listen to it all the time in the car. It's fantastic. Like he basically takes established Wu-Tang songs and just dissects them completely. And most of it's instrumentation, but I, it's fun to listen to. Like if you're doing stuff around the house or exercising or like, like I know there's two of them. There's two Wu-Tang albums that he did. But the one I listen to most is The Return to the 36 Chambers. And it, I, I'm obsessed with it. I wonder why I never heard it before. I'm, I, I know the name. I had no idea what what that person did, but I'll check that out. I love that. So, oh, you would. This is your. You're gonna be like Jesus Christ. Like, where has this been? Yes, yeah. I'm doing a part two of that Wu Tang episode. That's a good tie-in. Good, good, <laughs> good, good work, John. Yo, uh, Parker, give me some. Uh, tax collector. I guess I'll bring up. I love uh, that. I yeah. fucking loved it. Yeah. So on Hulu. On Hulu. Um, I don't know, man. Just guns, drugs, and hot chicks. Fucking bring it on. You know. <laughs> so. My boy fucking Shia LaBeouf, you know, of, uh, of Holes fame, you know, <laughs> walking around like a badass motherfucker. You don't want to fuck with this guy. And uh, it was fucking great. I mean, just really don't need to go into this movie knowing anything, thinking anything. It's just violence after violence. And uh, one of the most one of the most brutal fucking scenes, man, is when they fucking stick that guy's head out the car door. I'm just going to leave it at that because well that was fucking brutal. So the the writer uh, obviously he's got a, a a a total flavor to his shit, which is David Ayers. So he did uh David Ayers, yeah, he yeah, he did, it, right? Yeah, he did uh, Training Day, uh, End of Watch, and a bunch of other cool stuff. Did, did he do Blade also? Did he do a, the first Blade? I think he did. He may have wrote the first I, Blade. I, I, be I, David Goyer. Might be David I, Goyer. I think uh, I I'll look that up though because because Ayers has has a long list. Uh, he did some directing, but he's also done some screenplays too. But that, yeah, that's up on Hulu. I loved it. So <laughs> I like. It, like we on the, in the Facebook group, like Parker's brother commented and he's like, I, he said he hated it. And then he like dropped a spoiler. And I was like, that's one hell of a spoiler. He's like, I know the movie's terrible. And I'm just thinking like, no, nah, I'm like, I'm saying you spoiled the movie. Like, yeah, I, he, he didn't really <laughs> understand. I was like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> got him. Got him. So um, I'm going to I'm going to do one that I've been watching on Paramount Plus. Uh, so the old real world cast got together to do um i i think it's like a six episode thing and uh i saw the first one it's up on youtube for free just if anybody wants to know so that's that's the good one the other two are not so good um not really <laughs> well here here's the thing that that was fun because you're kind of playing into the fact that you're 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 in a time machine it's it's like tickling all your uh nostalgia fancies and everyone's in there and they're hugging but by the time you get to the middle of episode two and then three, it just turns into this like uh, it's just like a little too extra woke for my taste right now. There we go. Yeah. Uh, um, and it's just kind of like I don't know who what like 20 year old is in charge of, of this show. 
Um, Our friend and- Mark Schoenbeck posted something on Facebook the other day. We were talking about like how a lot of stuff is coming out like that, and it's not gonna. It's really dating. Not gonna age well. Age? No, it's gonna. It's really da- gonna date it. You know, everybody's quick to do that now, but. Yeah, it, it it's it's and we're all cool and we're all allies here. It's just yeah. you know yeah, it's just <laughs> kind of like like you know like when don't you, beat when us you, over the head. Yeah, for sure. And and uh, it wasn't what I was expecting as far as uh, is there any new rain dance music though? Sam? I was just That's gonna say we all want to know. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna put this out there. Has anyone on this on this podcast ever seen rain dance? Raise your hand. Oh, have you? Yeah. Oh, I saw shit. them in Brooklyn. Okay. I saw them in Brooklyn. My friend opened for them. When right the year after the show was over, my friend was in a band called Picture This. My friend Keith, who works at MTV, worked at MTV, and they opened for Ring Dance at a club not far from the studio that I referenced on your show, where I shared with Typo Negative in a Marine Park. Okay. But this is going back long before those. This is around that time, maybe I don't even know. Oh, well, it's around that time. Wow. Yeah. And uh, Rain Dance. Yeah, we saw Rain. They opened for Rain Dance. That name Rain Dance always makes me laugh because it's like those metal bands that would. Use K N I G H T if they R-E-I-G-H-T. use night in their name. <laughs> when they do that little one word extra or one word uh, letter taken away, letter taken away or letter added. Yeah, I've seen. I, I've I, been in the. I've been in the audience for rain dance. People. I I do want to say this. He is one of the coolest dudes on the show now. Yes. Like like he uh in, in the new show he's like uh. I think that he's still me. he's still he's in, very well adjusted. Yeah, he's yeah. still in the music business and all that other shit. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. And uh, he walks like like mm-hmm. an eighty year old Asian man though. It's weird. <laughs> like his <laughs> like like his hands are like like it's like he's got mad wisdom and shit. Like I don't know. Like he's <laughs> he's the Buddha. He's like a like yeah. He's like a like exactly. It's weird. Like he's walking like he's giving someone like this like advice. It's weird. You got to watch it. Like me and my girlfriend watched it last night. I'm like, why is he walk? He's got his hands crossed, his fingers crossed, but like drop down as he walk. Like it's almost like he's like a Jedi or some shit. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it's just it's it's like fucking Skywalker weird. over there. So I, once again, I got a couple other things. I I don't know, Lang, and what you have left. Yeah, um, I'm gonna try to group some things together that are in the same family here. Okay. Um, me and Sam, there's a couple of things that me and Sam are like lockstep on, but uh, I'm gonna shout out three hip hop albums that came out recently: uh, El Camino's Block Work, uh, Portis, uh, El Hus Kingpin. That Porta shit Hus rules. Album. That shit rules. It's using all Porta, Portis head uh, samples Ooh. and real and not obvious samples either. Did you notice that sample? Like. Certain things I'm like, God, that sounds like I know what that's from, but like, uh, like little things. Little it's thing. got Vinnie Paz, yep. it's got Nems in it. Sue Bangers did one of the tracks. It's fantastic, and I, I was waiting, I was following him on Twitter, and I don't know how I missed it, but I went and listened to it last week, and it's ridiculous. And I got a shout out. Lastly, uh, DJ Mugs and Rome Streets, which is. Uh, I think me and Sam both like a front runner for album of the album year of the already. Year. Like yep. it's uh it's what you come to expect from mugs over the last few years. Dark, really uh unique sound and beats like that that just only are coming from his mind right now. And it's uh El Camino, Portis uh Portis Huss album and DJ Muggs Rome Streets. Because yep, yep. Muggs got like three records out already. So I know those are my hip hop selections. John, you got you have anything down there? Yeah, uh, my uh, my partner in the podcast, Shaheen, 
uh, from Break the Apocalypse, uh, sent me uh, Griselda, which I'd never heard before. Oh, my mm. God. So good. Oh, my God. I was blown up. But, but then he was quick to tell me the reason why I probably like it so much is because the beats are from DJ Premier. Okay. And that's totally my generation. So, yeah. and I was, and then he was going on and on about the, was it Benny the Butcher. And, yes. And this is all new to me. So yeah. like, you know, I, I don't know. And I know it's not that old, but it's he's got a new one out this week. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Benny I mean, the Butcher. Yeah. Well, it's kind of, it's, it's weird. It reminds me a little bit of like an East coast far side. Like, I don't know, maybe I'm just dating myself that reference. Cause I don't have listened to a lot of modern hip hop. But he also sent me, is it Stillwell? The fat guy with all the tattoos? Shakewell? Uh, I don't know who that is. Stillwell is, He's a, is, is a rock Shakewell. Band. No, Shakewell. Shakewell and Fat Nick. Never heard of him. I don't know. He, yeah, these guys know. are a lot younger than us. But um, but I really like that Griselda a lot. Like, I, I could tell why it's, I know, like, I could get why it's very popular. Yeah, but I was happy to hear sound, that. Man. Because, yeah, it's really, but it brings me back to, like, you know, I'm well, like a tribe called There's a lot of people and... out there doing it just like we grew up with doing it. You know, like a That's lot the of the, there's yeah, a lot of things it. out there. People think that mumble rap is or whatever the younger generation is just doing that. But like it's yeah. out there. It's just there's so much out there. You got to like filter through it. But it's with, out there with with anything. And that's why we're doing this show. 100%. Like like. You know, I, I feel like, you know, sometimes we're filtering through things for you. people. <laughs> yeah, we're doing the work. We're, we're not mentioning we're, we're not mentioning the shit. So, uh, Parker, All heroes what, don't wear capes. Parker, what do you yeah. have left? Uh, I finally watched Bird Box. I had never seen that. That was pretty cool. Is, um, is, that, is that Sandra Bullock? Yeah. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. I'd never seen that. Um, and then uh, last but not least, I watched I actually watched a documentary on uh, on Tubi. Because we got we can't leave out Tubi, so Tubi rules. Yeah, it, it was called Confessions of a Time Traveler. So this is about a dude that says that he's from I think the year like thirty sixty six or some shit. And that's, uh, that's where I shut it off. Yeah, and this <laughs> and this this guy interviews him, and uh, just some of the shit coming out of the fucking guy's mouth. I mean, just it's crazy. You know, the first thing he says, you got to shut off your. Uh, Turn off your cell phone because the the radi it's the radiation is bad for my skin or some shit and blah blah blah. But then about ten minutes later, the guy agrees to go get an X ray done. So so much for that radiation, huh? But it was pretty amusing either way. So that's it. I I love Tubi. Tubi is a really amazing uh, streaming platform. I think we say it all the time. It's just it's it's basically it's free. People, it's free. It's free. Just get it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you have to sit through too. a couple of commercials and you have all the films that time forgot. Yeah, but they, didn't deserve yeah. to forget. You know? Just time yeah. time your bathroom breaks with the commercials and it's like it's nothing. It's easy. Yeah. Get some snacks. Um so I'm gonna mention some music now that, that Langan mentioned it. So um some of the some of the records that I've been loving uh this month are uh DJ Muggs, as you mentioned, with Rome Streets. Uh Rome Streets, I, I don't know if it's me, but like his flow and his punchlines kind of remind me of like Big Big L a little bit. Yeah. Like, right? He's got like that. Yeah. Um, the new Kings of Leon record is fucking awesome. I love it. I it's a it's a mellow record, but I, I just love that band. I think they write really good songs, and I feel like the more popular they got, the the less that people want to admit that they liked them. <laughs> so um, <laughs> the new Weezer record, there's like really good songs on it. It's like Ben folds meets like um, the Beatles with Weezer. Um, there's some really, really good stuff on there. And that, that's another band that cries wolf a lot because 
I feel like they release an album of trash and then people are like, fuck this band. And then they come back and like accidentally make like 10 good songs. And it's, it, it, they're a weird band for sure. Um, I always associate Weezer with you. Cause I feel like you agonize over liking or not liking whenever yeah. they release something new. I'm a fan. I, I follow I'm a fan. you with that. I'm a, I'm yeah. a fan. Yes. I'm a fan. Uh, I respect that. So uh, the, the, uh, speaking of Griselda, Benny the Butcher put out a record with Harry Fraud. I love Harry Fraud's production. Um, this is the plugs I met uh, part two. And last, uh, the band Cloud Nothings, which is a really cool indie rock mm. band. Uh, you know, they can get super heavy. Uh, but the, the, the singer, uh, the singer songwriter, Dylan Baldy, is uh, a really good songwriter. Um, think of like somewhere between like a, a heavier pavement or like guided by voices. So cloud yes. nothings like very underrated, but quietly put out a, a lot of great records. So uh, Langan, do you have anything else? I agree with you on cloud nothings and I'm going to cram in a couple of other music titles uh, enforcer. Like I accidentally mentioned before, they are a band from uh, Sweden, but formed in 2004. If you like early, uh, 80s metal like in if the you vein like of, 1985 <laughs> <laughs> in the exciter exciter agent steel stuff like that that's got uh, uh armored saint but a little faster it's in that speed metal vein uh they put out a live album which i'm not always jazzed about but a live by fire two it's called because they put out a live by fire one obviously um it's also on uh youtube for free you can watch the entire concert um these guys get it they they sound exactly not just like they're mimicking that era they sound like they came Genuine. out in that era yeah it's and and that's where i draw the line with because there's a lot of bands like that like farming nostalgia but like <laughs> these guys are legit enforcer live by fire um there's a band ultra sun uh, the ep is called night is mine if you're into like electro goths kind of music uh sisters of mercy i'm thinking depeche mode a little joy division mixed in there an early ministry um the ep is called night is mine that would be right up your alley it's it's really good uh and i want to shout out group love this is this the album so that just good. came out um so good it's the i i fell i fell off i was way into them when their first album they're, the last record know them they're like an indie rock band alternative or uh, from the heyday of alternative quote unquote music uh, very in that style. But um, I fell off with them. I love their first record. Sam, you tried to get me in a couple uh, something other stuff that they put out and I wasn't feeling it as much, but this album I'm, I'm as jazzed about as their first album. Such I a think good it's a real band. good. So good. To, yeah. They really, the great songwriters, great production, great hooks yeah. kind of poppy but but kind of indie too like uh like like if arcade great. fire continued to be good and had more energy like there that, to me that's what yeah. it sounds like so that's a good that's a good analogy and uh lastly i'll shout out uh heave blood and die this band from uh norway that i couldn't even tell you how to <laughs> how to describe it I hear some Joy Division. I hear some metal. I hear some shoegaze. I hear some everything. Like they, Heat, Blood, and Die band from Norway. You're you're thinking like Gorgoroth or like Mayhem, but like <laughs> it's not that. It's really it's hard to describe. But if you're adventurous, I get I encourage you to give a listen. 
Cool. Uh, John, do you have anything you want to close with? Uh, yeah, I, um, I have this uh, tendency on uh, Saturdays to um, get a little sauced and try to watch a movie. And then I, um, I forget the movie completely. So I've been spending my weekdays going back and rewatching all the movies I fucked up when I was fucked up. And <laughs> I just, and I just, did, I'm not even joking. I talk about this on the podcast all the time. It's becoming like a segment. <laughs> and I just, I just had to rewatch like four movies, but the one that stands out because I was sober when I watched it was uh, the dark and the wicked oh. on shutter. Yeah. I got to watch and, that. Uh, Oh my God in heaven. So that's Brian Bertino. He yeah, yeah. did um, Strangers. He did both yeah. of the Strangers movies. I don't know if he's ever done anything else, quite frankly. Nothing else that I'm familiar with. I um I'm a huge fan of uh, the devil in movies. Like I just I'm fascinated by like when people do it in a not goofy, dumb sort of way. Because my first movies as a kid were seeing like Rosemary's Baby and The Omen and The Exorcist. And these hold up now like 40 years later, you know what I mean? If not even more than that. So, but uh, this is a fantastic movie. I totally get okay, why it was good. on everybody's list. I, I highly recommend it. We, we were going to watch that the other day and we ended up watching um, come true instead. Oh um, yeah. So you were talking about that. Yeah. So I, I'll, I'll, I'll put that to the, to the top of the list. That's cool. Yeah. Mm. Um, I'm going to close uh, Parker. You said you were done. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, I got some music, but that's it. Yeah, go ahead. If you want to drop it, because I got one last thing, but go ahead. Okay. Um, so that band Terror that I really dig, they came out with a new album called Trapped in a World, and it's kind of like a reimagining of their first two albums. And uh, the reason why I love their second album, one with the underdogs, was the mm -hmm. second guitarist, Todd Jones, actually left and formed this band Nails, if you guys are familiar with the band's Nails, who uh -huh. I was a very big fan of. So he came back into the band, not only to play second guitar on this, but he also produces it. They're just pretty much re-recording the old stuff, but it's fucking, it's awesome. It sounds very good. Uh, Sunglasses Kid, which is, uh, they kind of get lumped into the synth wave uh, genre. This album's called Sophomore. It's definitely more, when you listen to it, it's definitely more 80s pop than, you know, like a perpetrator. It's, it's not as heavy as that. But they have a bunch of guest singers. It's very like 80s, 80s pop, I would put it with. Uh, Open Hand, which I posted in the room. This yeah, band yeah. that came, came back out of nowhere. I mean, they were on Trustkill back in the day. They're from California. They just put out, put out an album called Weirdo. And uh, very like Sparta, Hoaxfall, Far, stuff like that. Um, the Midnight, who's another kind of gets lumped into the, uh, the synthwave sound. Uh, I, I don't think that they're really synthwave though. I think they're definitely more like a poppy, like '80s sounding. And they put out this uh, album called Neo Medusa. Um, Limatos, who's another synthwave band, just put out Rise of the Turbo Kids. So they did the entire Turbo Kids soundtrack when that movie came out. Oh, yeah, EP, they, right? Yeah, and they just released Two this tracks. and uh, a new. They're actually releasing a Turbo Kid video game in 2022. <laughs> funny enough <laughs> um juliana theory another band that fucking came back out of nowhere that i haven't even thought of since 2000 you know they just released uh, a new album there and they're kind of funny up doing doing the same thing that terror is doing they're like reimagining a bunch of their older stuff uh and then lastly is this band that i'm going to try to pronounce it but they're from austria maybe langan can help me I think they're called harakira from the sky haririca from the sky that's it Carrie. carry Something Dash like that. Dash Nothing Fest. 
Yeah, something like that. <laughs> but uh, the, the album is called, I'll just spell it out, M-A-E-R-E, Mary, Mariah, whatever, Mariah Carey, I don't know, whatever the fuck you want to call it. But uh, it's pretty much a mix, it's a mix between metal and like post-rock, so very good stuff. Shout out nah, to Ish. Ish don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. Is it, is it Vasop or Ish don't think so? Yeah. Shout out to Udo Dirk Schneider. He's one of our biggest listeners. He's got uh, a wow. new live album out. Came yeah. out last week. So I'm going nice. to, I'm, I'm going to close, uh, I'm going to close with, with, uh, the last thing I have. So, uh, we, we're going to talk to, uh, uh, writer, director, Bria Grant, who just, uh, she wrote, and starred in uh, this movie called Lucky. Lucky, yeah, which is up on Shutter. Uh, super heavy movie, um, but also kind of like uh, such a bizarre movie. But I think it's just like her humor. She has very offbeat humor, and it kind of reminded me a little bit of like um, of uh, Darren Aronofsky's Mother. Uh, but then she also made a movie. Speaking of nurse stuff, like for for uh, for your wife. Uh, there's a movie on on Hulu right now called Twelve Hour Shift. That movie blew me away. That movie is like the Coen Brothers meets Scrubs meets Halloween too. Uh, it has Angela mm. Angela Bettis, um, and it's just uh, Love her. yeah, oh, it's, she's great. It's a really good movie. Like I can't wait to talk to Bria um, about those two movies and everything else that she's done. She's got a, a great catalog. She was on heroes um friday night lights and uh a, a bunch of other cool stuff so shutter nice watch lucky with with uh yeah with our buddy uh who produced it uh rob g and... i watched it on your recommendation by the way okay cool um yeah. and then uh 12 hour shift which is up on hulu so um all right listen that 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 brings us to the end of the show john thank you again for yeah. doing this thank you for hanging Thanks, out with john. us oh cheers um, it was a pleasure guys thank I'm, you I'm, I'm, I'm gonna throw uh one of uh my favorite synthetic 16s on the front of the episode uh, oh good i could buy a pack of gum <laughs> <laughs> slow down buddy yeah slow down there's uh three one stick dollar store dollar store one I stick like a I'm, Lucy. I'm using I'm using Spotify, so that's only three cents. I'm not even going to band. Oh, fuck on Google that. I gotta share that too. So, now. Goddamn. Uh, a couple more, you get a Lucy. Every yeah. everyone everyone check out uh Break the Apocalypse uh podcast. Uh I finally like I thought your co-host's name was B Show. I was like, what the fuck is I that? I know we had a joke about that on the Patreon last night. And I, I was like, I don't know if it's just because I have bad fake teeth now, or is it just my pronunciation? But it's B show, like as in like uh B the, the letter B and then show, I didn't Brian. know. It was I knew what you were saying, but I was like, maybe he's like Indian and his name is like B B Show. No, Shaheen Shaheen is from I uh Shaheen is, is, from, is Iraq, from Iran. Right? Yeah. Oh, he's Iran. from Iran. He's okay. from Iran. Yeah. And B Show is from Ohio, which is the Iran of the United States. <laughs> <laughs> and cool. this is the kind of thing you could find on the show people by the way this cool is the kind of awesome right. yeah i'm gonna go have dinner john thanks for doing it parker lang right. see you yes. guys thank you all right guys good night all right later, later.